0: We have an amazing show.
1: Welcome back to HR
0: Talk with Ricky Baez and JC. Enjoy the show.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm JC ushering you into another fantastic episode of HR Talk. Going across about to sunny Central Florida, to the land of the mouse, the man, the myth of legend. He just got back from Disney earlier on today. We were just on the road at Space Coast 2021. Talking about that, coming up a little bit more momentarily. Please welcome Ricky Baez.
0: Brother, man.
2: Hey, what how you doing?
0: A, what a week, bro.
2: Just, oh, it's just... been amazing. <laughs>
0: Oh, my brother. You know, uh, just
2: just a few short days ago, there we were. We were on the the shores of the Atlantic Ocean. The wind was blowing at approximately 10 knots from the east, southeast. The storms were on their way in, and, and we were out back on the lanai, overlooking the sand, having a couple cocktails, watching double rainbows appear as couples were getting married on, on patios, they were. they were, this is a true story. And it was amazing. And and in that moment, you absorb something Ricky Baez. And, and it was the sound of that beach that, that, that you couldn't let go of. Right.
0: I couldn't let go of <laughs> wait till everybody hears this episode. We're talking about and We'll see if I was the one that couldn't let go of that. <laughs> no brother. We, we have to talk about that wedding. We have to, we have to. So, so we were at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Melbourne, right? And, and, and this is where the Space Coast HR conference was taking place. So obviously we were there that Tuesday before. So the event was on Wednesday, April 21st, and we were there on that Tuesday. So we're in the back and I'm noticing we're setting everything up. I got the gear. JC's doing his thing because he's, he, you know, he's getting ready for his MC duties. And uh, we have dinner. Right. It did that, that, that evening. And there's this big wedding and I look over at JC because um, JC, you know, does, does weddings every now and then. And I ask him, is it normal to have a wedding on a Tuesday, <laughs> which is, was really odd to me. <laughs> and, but they were having a great time. It was a, uh, it was a Hawaii theme wedding. And the reason I said Hawaii because everybody had Hawaiian shirts and there was these guys with twirling fires um, all over the place. And then somebody said to me, It's like, this is the best wedding ever. It's awesome that they decided to do this themed wedding. And I'm like, what do you mean a themed wedding? It's like, yeah, it's a 420 wedding. And I'm like, Oh. That's right. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: that that couple actually got married on 420 at 420 in the afternoon. And right at that moment there was a double rainbow that appeared over the Atlantic Ocean and you could see both ends touching the water it was it was absolutely beautiful it really was but that's not the reason that we were there but please continue that's not the reason why
0: we were there but i gotta tell you after seeing how everybody was acting in that wedding after seeing everything that was happening it made perfect sense why they would have that so yeah we were not there for that reason. huge kudos
2: going out to that couple beautiful couple very lovely wedding and uh I feel honored to have been on the peripheral to so see you take that journey in your life. Talking about journeys in life, um, a few big thank yous going out to many, many people. As you know, the HR Talk podcast was on the floor of the 2021 Space Coast HR Conference. On behalf of the South Brevard Society for Human Resource Management, as well as the Space Coast Human Resource Association, we were there to help represent and make the day happen. We help make these things happen. It's a beautiful thing. There's big thank yous going out. The speakers, Jeffrey Shaw, Joe Schaefer, Tracy Sponenberg, Michelle Tatum-Bush, Lewis Wilson, Janet Goldberg-McHenry. They shared experience and knowledge beyond that which Ricky could comprehend. And most people at the conference appreciated it too, you know. There may have been like the sound guy in the back that, you know, was really just paying attention to the sound and by the way, his name was Rich Rich and yeah. he was absolutely amazing as well probably some of the best sound I've I've seen live in a long time that guy did fantastic but it's events like this that happen with a lot of hard work like on behalf of Robin Westervelt, Tandy Bears, Alan Bernstein, Jackie Fisher, Julie song, Christopher Delaney, Deborah Herman Kathy, Kathy Scott. It, it, it takes a six-month project and a build-up that was supposed to have happened in 2020, push that out to be an 18-month endeavor, and then turn this into something that is is the pinnacle of a consummate professional in your industry continuing to make these things happen. And then they had a plethora of amazing sponsors there. I Solved. Uh, Akara Solutions, Sarah from the Florida Institute of, Technology, Institute of Technology. She came back. She was up on stage talking. No problems there, right? The Backyard Games and Eatery, Volk Law Offices, Twin Rivers Insurance. Their partnership helps make this happen as well. And, mm-hmm. and of course, Ricky Bys was there to help facilitate over at the HR talk table. And uh, we met a, a large swath of people throughout the day. This year, compared to years past, though, some people a little bit more trepidatious to come sit down at the table. We yeah. understand social distancing and all, and and uh, it, it truly was a pleasure and honor to, to meet everyone, to work with everyone, to emcee that event for the day. I, I know partway through the morning, Ricky buys some people were like, who is this guy? Who is he? Uh, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah from the Florida Institute of Technology said, are, are you a TV guy? Are you a radio guy? You're a broadcaster guy. I'm like, no, I'm just JC co-host of the HR talk podcast. Go see Ricky bias over there. You know, it, it was, uh, it was really good. It was a good day. Ricky bias. It really was. It was, it was,
0: um, I was, I was so happy to finally be in an event. Uh, HR event, no less, where uh, people were, was just people were were around. All these events that I've uh, I've I've attended and or hosted were via Zoom. Eh, that's okay. But I'm just glad, I'm happy to be
2: around people. There was social
0: distancing. Oh, I just had a great time. Spe- I I special I, mention, I for... Ricky.
2: Special uh-huh. mention. I mean, not to not to be forgotten or forsaken here. Okay. Tracy Sponenberg, She in in her state, she was on like this travel advisory lockdown thing. She could not leave to go to Florida at all. So she dialed in from Concord, New Hampshire for the conference. It was really, really cool. The tech guy helped facilitate. They had extra equipment to make it happen. Um, they made sure that everything worked in advance, did some tech checks and everything like that. And it actually went off without a hitch. There was like a little bit of a delay, but we still had our great question and answer section in the, in yep. the back end. And uh, it went really, really well. So very pleased that uh, that worked out well too. Um, before we continue, yes, uh, Mr. Baez, you do have a no, question.
0: No. I just want no. It's just I
2: just wanted to make a point again. Uh, hats off to Rich because Rich, the uh, the
0: sound guy, he
2: did. a. You, you should grab job. his business card and, and read it I, on I air. Here.
0: It. I don't know. I just got back to Disney. I've got I don't know, some sparkles over here. I've got some Mickey ears over there. I need to figure out where his card is, but I'll get it and I'll put it on the website. He did an amazing job uh, because there were. Yes, there were a couple of tech hiccups, but I to where that would. Um, create a rift in somebody and they wouldn't be able to really step up to the plate. He was cool, Dude, calm, collective, and he took care of business. Listen, he did a
2: great job. When I walked in and he handed me a sure Beta 87 Alpha, I'm, I looked him in the eye. I'm like, you're my man. I know you. It's like we connected in that moment. He's yeah. like, oh, you know what you're talking about too, don't you? And yeah. it was like right away, just magic happened. It was great stuff. Hey, um, before we get too far down this path, though, um. Mm-hmm. I do have to make special mention about this. I, I made okay. mention about it during the actual conference itself as well. There was a social media post that I put out during the week. And during the week, I I had time. I padded extra time to get down and absorb the community, really immerse myself into the local community in a way that I haven't had the opportunity to do in quite some time. I had a, a great chance to sit down and talk with different people Different people from different industries. That's the best way that I'll, I'll phrase it for you. Okay. And and one of the things that they talked about was how the economy is continuing to improve. Mm. Job counts are increasing. Employers are finding difficulty filling open positions. Brevard County in total, its non-agricultural employment increased to 230,000 in March, a gain of 2,400 jobs from February. Okay? Now, here's here's one of the things the area is uniquely positioned in this way. When we think about all the people that are fleeing, seeking asylum from the the tyranny of like New York State, for instance. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) And, And in seeking refuge in a place like Florida, they're finding a new home in the Space Coast. They are. And at the same time, while population is continuing to explode, not just from New Yorkers. But from people who are flocking from all over the country, like from other states that are severely crippled, uh, such as California, they're coming to Florida and, and they're finding a new way of life, a new way of being. And you have a job market that is hot right now between Texas and Florida. The <laughs> there's cities that are in unique positions and regions in unique positions, just like the Space Coast so to be in that room with 180 key stakeholders in charge of the the hiring process the recruitment process of trying to build that community and go to that next level and have the opportunity to talk with them and meet with them and understand their pain points as well as relish in the fact that they are on the precipice of of a surge of employment yet to take place still. There's so many open jobs, so many things to be filled, Rick. It's, it's just a really, really great time down there. And in last piece, it was really refreshing to see people take social distancing and the decision to wear a mask in their own hands if they desired. It wasn't necessarily a mandate where you had to do this or that throughout the community. It mm-hmm. was there was choice. There was options there there were things associated with that. I'll, I'll leave it right there. Yes. go and, ahead.
0: And, and what happened with that choice? What happened with that choice is that, believe it or not, people chose to do the right thing. And when people choose to do the right thing, other people also choose to do that right thing. Again, one of the first things that I've noticed, and I think I mentioned this in this uh, interview that, that we're about to introduce here real quick, is how how you greet people. That's one of the things that kind of struck me is I found myself asking, um, are you a hugger? Are you a fist bumper? Are you an elbower, or just you don't want to talk or just no touching? Whatever. I get it. Right. So that that seems to be in the vocabulary of everybody at that event. And I'm sure every event that is uh, is happening live. So, yes, um, everybody had a choice. Everybody did a great job with it. There was hand sanitizers all over the place. Uh, PPE oh, all over oh the place. speaking yeah, about that, it was
2: great. There was something that I didn't announce on the microphone, but I do want to make sure that we make special mention of And Again, big kudos going out to the sound guy, Rich, in the back. He had hand sanitizer back there. So as I was working the room and would pass the mic, I would head back to the corner, sanitize my hands and that microphone, and head back out there. Some people were a little trepidatious in general, totally understood. Uh, Maybe you don't want to talk on the mic. Maybe you didn't want to grab the mic. Other people no mask want to grab the mic and do their thing. Totally good. All good. And then head back, sanitize appropriately, make sure the electronics don't fry, and move on back out there and, and keep the show rolling. So, a lot of things were considered across the board.
0: They were because I was in the uh, at the HR Talk podcast booth and when he was doing your thing with the attorneys were having the Q&A session and yeah it's uh, just just to give everybody a picture of 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 from my point of view that when people had a question, JC had to go over to give them that mic. But I didn't know what he was doing. I just saw him walking really fast to the person and then walking really fast back to Rich's booth and then walking really fast to the other person. I'm thinking, what is he, exercising? What's going on? And I'm like, oh, he's sanitizing the mic. That's awesome.
2: Rick, I Maybe got I six. I got 16,000 steps that day.
0: Sixteen. See, look at that. We <laughs> got 16,000 steps. And I, you know what, JC? I'm going to confess to everybody, to you and to everybody here, I just felt like saying, just take the hand sanitizer with you. But no, it was fun watching you walk back and forth. It was yeah. great. It was a good time.
2: Trying to keep it as normal as possible for the people that are experiencing it. And that's the biggest thank you out there is to all the attendees, everyone that actually participated and, and showed up and, and showed out and many faces that we saw yet again. So moving forward, really looking forward to that continued relationship. With the Space yeah. Coast community, with Absolutely. the with the SHRM chapters, and uh, big kudos going out to the promotions of uh, HRCI and SHRM, and further continuing educating uh, continuing education of uh, of the population within human resources there, and talking about the education of things, Rick, um, the Arbinger Institute was on site. They were. They had their key representative on site. Now, if you're not familiar with Arbinger, the Institute was founded in 1979 by Dr. C. Terry Werner. He's a scholar. He solved the central problem at the heart of the human sciences, the problem of self-deception. Now, that work ultimately revealed two distinct mindsets from which people and organizations operate. A self-focused, inward mindset and an all and um, how you say a others inclusive, like a outward mindset. Mm -hmm. and the path to sustainably change mindsets and results. That was Joe Schaefer, that key representative that was there.
0: That's right. It was Miss Joe Schaefer, one of the keynote speakers of the event. And on that Tuesday night, the event was on Wednesday. And that Tuesday night, JC, Joe, and I, which is having a casual conversation out in the back, talking about how learning and development how they cross paths with human resources and the conversation got so good the conversation got so deep that we just had to get jc and i just looked at each other we're like let's get the the podcast equipment let's fire it up and this is a conversation that needs to be recorded so without further ado here is the interview with joe schaefer that happened on tuesday night right before the event check it out
2: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another fantastic special edition of HR Talk. We are on the shores of Melbourne, Florida, right here at the Space Coast, Space Coast 2021 HR Conference. I'm JC, finally sitting within a few feet of my co host, Ricky Baez. Ricky, how are you doing today, Hi, sir? Brother.
0: That deserves a butt light clink. There but, you go, With a D, not a but. D, but, but, but light, but light. Anyway, yeah, man, finally, you've been here for about, what, a month now? And (laughs) this is the
2: first time I actually get to see you. Yeah, I've I've been in town absorbing the Space Coast for the past five days, truly have. I've had the opportunity to um, network and interface with the local community here and actually get a real feel for what the professionals that attend this conference are up against right now. And here's the interesting thing. In this area, there's a huge surge in hiring taking place right now. We'll be talking about that coming up momentarily. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we do have a very special guest. Now, this person who's also sitting at the table right now is inspiring, is sincere. Is is probably one of the most interesting people I've had the opportunity to talk with in a very long time. And I Rick, agree with that. Rick, I just talked to you, and I'm I'm more intrigued by her. I have to be honest. You're a I, good man. I agree. You do good things in this world, but <laughs> she is absolutely amazing. That she is. Joe Schaefer. Oh,
0: Joe. Wow. Hi. Thank, Thank you. you for the very well, yeah, short applause. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. Okay, hold on, hold on, stop, stop. Okay, look, here's what's going on. We are at the Crown Plaza in Melbourne. We are outside. I don't know if you can hear the beach at all, but we are at a tiki you can't bar in the in the, the ocean, the, the ocean.
2: <laughs> I can hear the sand rolling. The Who's individual drunk, grains. Me? <laughs>
0: Okay, I can hear the ocean. And then there's this Hawaiian luau type. This is a Hawaiian luau type of a wedding Wedding. happening. Yeah, it's absolutely
2: on a Tuesday. No, it's really cool. Here's the thing. Here's why they got married on a Tuesday. It's four twenty and they got married at four (laughs) twenty. And when they got married at four twenty on four twenty, there was a double rainbow in the ocean just outside the hotel. That's not
0: the reason they did that. Is it?
2: What's the date today?
0: No, I know that's the
2: date today. That's he, exactly wow. why. <laughs> I got the lowdown from the, uh, the staff here. Wow. That's, that's the exact reason. That explains it. Wow. Okay, well, look, I apologize for the short
0: applause. Yeah. So, yes, Joe Schaefer. Hi. Wow. Hi, how Hi. are you?
1: I'm so, I'm so excited to be here. Thank so you. We,
0: so we met you at dinner. Um, yes. You are a keynote speaker at the Space Coast HR conference happening tomorrow, yeah. Wednesday the 21st. So um, you come from where? where you, are you local? You came from Orlando, Miami, what?
1: Um, I flew in from Austin. I don't really know where I'm from. I'm one of those weird vagabond people that doesn't really have a place that they claim as home. Okay. So I've had to just kind of adjust and be home wherever I am.
2: All right, Joe. So you, you flew in from Austin, Austin, Texas, I presume. Yes. Not
1: Minnesota. There is an Austin, Minnesota. Yeah, but that's not Texas. Where I from yeah. yeah,
2: but what about you? Uh, yeah. Like you said, you're a little bit from everywhere. Where you? Yeah. Were, where are you originally from? If so you don't I mind. was
1: yeah, I was born in Lake and Heath, England, and yeah, and then uh, and then came stateside at some point, and then I've just kind of bounced around from location to location ever since then. Really, truly, um, and uh, and Phil about it. Actually, it, it's taken me a long time to come to peace about that because I, I really envy the people who have a strong rooted place, and they have a team, and they have a they have an identity around it. They wear sweatshirts and cool things that, that tell you exactly where they're from. They have family from there for generations, and all of that. I just think that's that's so cool. Um, but I'm more like the Alice Merton song, um, "No Roots." So I, I'm just a, I'm just a floater. Well, from around. a very
2: young age, you yeah. have already attained a global perspective in ways that Mm. others may not get their entire life yeah is that wrong
1: um that's accurate but uh but really circumstantial so i just i don't want to get credit for that (laughs) i just i just want to say that i'm absolutely the beneficiary of that and uh, and feel very very grateful and fortunate that life has seemed to keep putting me in situations where i have I have that. But.
2: but but now as a consummate professional from uh, the city of Austin, you, you don't work for their Travel and Leisure Bureau. <laughs> You're not here representing uh, the country of England. Mm-hmm. You are here for other reasons, mm-hmm. and you do other stuff with things, right?
1: Yeah. I do other stuff with things, yeah. What do you do? Um. So I would say... True and true, I am a facilitator, which means at the heart, uh, facile, I make things easy. At least I try to. I, make, try, I try and make concepts easy. I try and make ideas easy. I try and make workshops easy. I, tr- I try and move people through some intensities. So. Oh, wait.
0: Hold on. We got some visitors. We got some visitors. We don't have enough headsets. No. Oh, okay. We'll keep going. That's fine. <laughs> got it. I'm sorry, Joe. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Go ahead.
1: That's <laughs> fine. See? Making it easy. Yeah. I <laughs> hey. <laughs>
0: hello, hello. How are you? <laughs> all right. So, yeah. So, um, you. she was talking about how you got to do in, into what you're doing right now, right? Which, is, which is learning and development, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. I've kind of done all different facets of learning and development. I've done external. I've done internal. I've done uh, everything from... Uh, instructional design to a uh, chief learning officer. So really just the, the gamut of everything I think in this industry I have really tried. So back when you was in
0: school, is this something you envision yourself doing? I mean like so right now we are in Melbourne, Florida. We're on a beach. Right. Mm-hmm. I know you can not hear the beach. You told me about that. Right? <laughs> you, you can hear the ocean. I get it, right? <laughs> so we're 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 at the beach and you're a keynote speaker yeah. at the Space Ghost HR event. So did you ever envision in either high school or college
1: that you would be here right now as a headliner? I, no. no okay. No. Um, I, And yet, I can absolutely pinpoint every moment in my life that led me to this. So, okay. you know, I spoke at every single one of the graduations I was in. Um, I've been in positions to be a speaker, really, my entire life. And um, I, I I feel just extremely grateful to be able to do that.
0: Uh-huh. So... What you're talking about now, obviously, this is an HR conference, right? So this is uh, for, <laughs> for people who are listening right now who don't know what HR is. I mean, we help organizations move the needle from A to B, mm-hmm. right, with talent management. So how is it that your, your path, that, where you came from with learning and development to where you are right now, how does those paths cross? How does HR and learning and development cross? Now, people know how those paths cross, but for you, for Joe,
1: how do those two things cross? Mm, so you're drawing a distinction between human resources and learning development. Yes, ma'am. Hmm. Um. Well, in that regard, just in when organizations have kind of pooled those things together, but yeah. but in my personal opinion. Um, I, I actually draw a pretty strong distinction between the two. Mm-hmm. And uh, and one of the analogies I'll use with organizations is I like to actually think of an organization like a body. And you can imagine each of the different departments as a different kind of body part. Mm-hmm. So you can think of like the maybe the executive realm as, as maybe the, the brains and, uh, and the eyes as maybe uh, sales and the mouth as maybe Marcom. And IT is kind of like the nervous system. And you can kind of go through the body and pinpoint how these huh. different these different departments kind of emulate different parts of the body, right? Yeah. And when it, and when the body is working really well, they're actually all working in concert with each other. And when they're not, it really looks and feels a bit spasmatic, right? Okay. And so, uh, when I think of HR, I actually think of the primary resource that keeps the body moving, right? The bo- the, the heart. And so I think of human resources as really the heart, and and some organizations that is a very regulatory system, right? Mm-hmm. And it can be very much of the kind of cardiac arrest of sorts, right? And it can be very <laughs> regulatory and very officer like, and and all these kind of um, uh, uh, pieces of it. Um, and but I tend to think of learning and development as actually the feet of the organization. What they're what they're actually meant to do is help move the organization forward, and. Huh. Uh, and so it actually means being in very strong relationship with the brain and strong relationship with the entire body in a sense, because you actually can't move forward if you aren't, uh, in a pretty well balanced system. And so sometimes learning development is meant to move through the entire system in order to get it in to a place where it can actually move forward. And other times, um, all it's doing is teaching everybody how to run and catch up with the feet, right? Okay. <laughs> so, so um, I haven't spent a whole lot of time in in HR, um, and most of the time when I have been moved into that that uh, part of the body, if, if I say it that way, um, hopefully that makes sense. I generally request to be moved into a, to a kind of separate entity, not because um, I have any challenges with HR by any means, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate the lifeblood that it is, um, but also it's, it's just an entirely different mission. It's just a different purpose. One is to really serve the entire organization in a sense of giving it the lifeblood and the oxygen that it needs. And the other is really to try and move the entire entity. And, uh, and if we're doing our job correctly, it's helping, it's helping the entire body uh, in, in a way to function as it's, as it's properly meant to do. Because, because the truth is that body is in a race. Right. It, it, if we're talking about it at the organizational level, it is isn't a race with all these other entities, and yeah. we can. It can be a cooperative race. I don't mean that to be necessarily competitive, but, um, but it, but really at the at the highest functioning of a body, it should be running. It should just be full out, beautiful dancing, running, whatever it's meant to yeah. do. Right. It, every organization has a purpose, but. But learning and development should be so much in alignment with what the purpose of the organization is that that it's, uh, that it's just really a help me of, of doing those things. All right, I
2: got a question for you on that then. Okay. You're saying at the heart of the purpose of the organization, mm-hmm. the, the purpose.
1: It, it, let, let,
2: let's, let's just gently shift real quick. Okay. Staying in line with the thought and the process that the feet are what are helping move you, and the heart is the HR. And the mind might be shifting things. Mm-hmm. Society and culture that we exist in is gently shifting. Mm-hmm. Things are shifting. Always. There's, there's movement there. And the like feet are the always beach. moving. You can, like the beach. <laughs> the beach makes wonderful sounds. <laughs> right. The sound of the I'm beach. never going to let that one no, down. Not, I get you're it. You're not. <laughs> but, but you reach a point where if you, you keep walking on that beach and you keep heading down that path, you, you're kind of drowned if you can't swim, you're, you're going to drown if you keep walking that direction. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you either have to walk that way or this way. Mm-hmm. And when there's such a change taking place that those feet need to be gently moved in one direction or another, is that coming from the heart? Is that coming from the mind? Is that coming from the feet in movement at that time? Or is that that's an external force pushing in? Where, where is that direction coming from?
1: I love that question. I think that's actually a really existential question. Where does change and movement come from? I don't I don't know that I could actually answer that, but what I can answer is that at the most aligned moments of my life, head, heart and body are all one. And in the most aligned organizations I've ever been in, executive, HR, learning development, and really all the other entities are actually all working in concert together. And what that means is that they're extremely aware of what other entities are, are attempting to do, how they best function with other parts of the organization, how they can serve in concert with one another and not in competition, how they have the greater goal in mind, and how they all actually are working in order to to move forward in whatever way that they've designated.
2: Totally agree with you. In and in, yeah. in the world where you catch the double rainbows every day, that's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. It really is. In, yeah. the re- in the reality of some of our worlds, you have that upper echelon that's driving the force of the organization in a brand new direction yeah. the feet they're moving with it in concert yeah. the heart that's beating in one spot it's it's kind of starting to move there but all the fat that's around it in the middle <laughs> section that that frozen middle part is so hard to get rid of i'm sitting with it right here mm-hmm. look at me you know mm-hmm. it's hard to get rid of the frozen middle mm-hmm. and you need to move the body fast to get down that path yeah. but sometimes the middle is just holding you back yeah. you got to move it somehow
1: yeah
2: but yeah. how do you move that frozen middle to stay in line with the rest of the body, the heart, the body, the heart, the, the mind and the feet or the toes or whatever you said? Yeah. The sound of the beach.
1: I love I love this. I love this. And and look, I'll, I'll refer to uh, Michael Beckwith, who's a person I, I really respect. And he says, pain pushes until the vision pulls. And and I kind of love that saying because what it means to me is that getting rid of the uh, frozen middle—if it's not what you wanted to call it—I'm not sure—the extra fat or something—that um, really just sounds uh, ridiculous when we're talking about <laughs> humans because there just isn't non-essential humans. Right. Uh, all, all essential. All, all humans are essential. But um, but what it means for me is that we have multiple options of how we compel people to move forward, and we can either do that by helping people align to the vision, or we can do that through a systems of, uh, of pain and pleasure, uh, carrot and stick, however you want it, however you want to place it, right? And, and ultimately, we know that those are short term. And so what really, what Arbinger is trying to teach is that when we have a compelling enough understanding of, of the ultimate mindset that we're trying to get, which is that we're trying to actually work in concert for each other for a greater good, yes. when, when we actually get that, that's the vision. That's the vision. And every person will start to align. And then you actually don't really need to spend very much time in terms of the carrot and stick. You just really don't. You have very few correction conversations. You have very few furlough conversations or getting rid of the fat or whatever it is that we're talking. Right, right. You know, whatever. However you want to frame it. Um, because because the vision is so compelling that actually people align themselves to it.
0: So, so I love that quote. Yeah. Pain pushes until the vision pulls. Yeah. But I've, I've known some people that they focus on the vision. They focus on that pole without even having anything to do with the pain, yeah. right? So how are they different? Or is is the pain always there? They just choose not to address it. Yeah. How does that
1: work? So I actually think pain is a teacher as much as anything else. Okay. Um, and I just try, uh, for me individually, and I, and I really can only speak at it at that level, um, because I, I really, I don't think I quite... I'm at a, p- a point where I understand it at the organizational level, uh, in, in terms of like real and true pain because I've never felt that level of responsibility for an organization. I'm just now getting there in, in my career trajectory. Okay, but what I can say for me individually is that uh, I try and I try and think of it as a teacher, like anything else, um, and I can really pay attention to that teacher of pain. I can really take it um, mind. Uh, i can I can really pay attention to any of the teachers that I have, yeah. um, and that can be uh, rewards that can be uh, the an external force as you kind of alluded to you know is that something outside of us? is that something in- internal? I think it can actually be anything that i 'm paying attention to uh, a- a- and so uh, it really is just a, a matter of the mindfulness and, and whether it 's outside of me or inside of me. It, it almost doesn't matter it's almost moot as long as it's a continuing motion forward and what motion forward means again <laughs> right, right. Uh, always up to interpretation but, but,
2: but subj- subjective to the organization or the absolutely. goals or the the culture or whatever their right. desired right. intent right. right absolutely so
0: i love how you're liking this to like a body right mm-hmm. so the only well, you thing have to well yeah. well well yeah you do but I can only imagine right now how some people would treat this thing we do with human resources, learning, and development, they would treat it like either a surgeon trying to operate on a brain or a heart, or... I don't know, the game operation, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe this goes here, that goes there, maybe a buzz goes off. Mm-hmm. So and then you got all the people in the middle. So mm-hmm. I love how you put that together. I guess my question is, how do you convince other people to see HR and L and D like a body? Because not everybody sees it that way. They no. just see it as a nuisance, right? right. So so check, how
2: do you check the box. Check the box correct. Yeah, You have correct. to do this training this year, yeah. get that done, move forward mm-hmm. and go back to what you were doing. So we make money off you. Yeah, correct. that's it. Yeah. Really?
0: Mm-hmm. So, so how do you get people invested into looking at this like that? Something as important as a body, mind, heart, mm-hmm. and soul.
1: Um, I'm going to say an answer, but you, you might not like it. I'm, I'm perfectly okay. Okay. Um, the truth is, the call is. She warned
2: you. I did. <laughs> I tr- and
1: and it's not just it's you; it's everybody actually in really in this industry, and and uh, and I hold myself at this level as much as anybody else. So, mm-hmm. so please hear that. Um, it requires us to actually be leaders. What it actually requires of us is to do and be everything that we teach. And when we actually do that, believe me, people pay attention.
0: Why would I not like that answer? That's, because, that's
2: actually pretty good. <laughs> because it's the reality. Yeah. It's the whole it reality. That's no, right. When you hear the words, it's one thing. Not you, the proverbial you, right. the you that's listening out there in Topeka, Kansas right now. <laughs> when you hear the words, that's one thing. When you understand and remain present for those words, it's different, right?
1: Yeah, and you know, there's that saying like, those who can't teach and those who mm-hmm. do, do, or whatever that saying is. And, um, and so often... The, the challenge with learning and development, and believe me, this has been something I have, have struggled with so much in, in my life and, and constantly find myself waffling back and forth. So I get this, the, the call between being a teacher and being a learner. Most of us want to learn from other learners. You want to learn from somebody who just went through the thing that you went through rather than somebody who's teaching you from a kind of philosophical or removed mm. standpoint. And so what it actually asks of all of our learning and development friends is to be the leader they're prescribing to people to be. And when you do that, you are not excess. You will not be cut. Your department will not be the first one furloughed. It, it is absolutely an essential part of, of everything. Uh, because if anything, your feet are leading out and the whole entity is like, holy hell, how do we catch up with our feet, right? <laughs> like, our feet are moving so fast, and we got to just catch those things. We're just rolling with it. Yeah. And we're like, my feet seem to be moving in a, in a speed that's just incredible or, or dancing at this just, you know, absolutely amazing thing. I, I, my feet almost seem to, to just kind of drive everything. And, and that's, a, that's a beautiful thing. But really, uh, But really what it requires is us to be everything that we propose to be. And that is actually really hard and and for most learning development professionals I think I think most of us actually walk that every day we're always holding in 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 our minds what we know and who we be and and most of us are trying to come into integrity with that all of the time at a conscious level that I don't meet in and a lot of other people, because they're not as familiar with these ideas, right? Yeah. So it actually calls you to be the very best version of yourself, and that's so hard to do. But when it is done, when it is done, God, it's beautiful, right? Feet. Uh-oh. Feet. <laughs> if, we're ta- <laughs> if, we're ta-
2: if we're taking a walk on the beach uh-huh. and you're listening to the beach, oh my God. your feet <laughs> will move very good. If now you're walking on the pavement, you're doing a little bit better if you have shoes on. Sure. Pay for a good pair of shoes that are going to last a little bit of while. Shoes don't cost as much as a quadruple bypass. (laughs) And if you have to head down the path of a quadruple bypass to Mm -hmm. change things associated with the heart or a true straight-out heart transplant Mm -hmm. compared to just buying yourself a new pair of sneakers. Because the feet are going to move. As long as your legs are working, your feet are moving. Your feet are working. In theory.
1: Was there a question?
2: So ultimately, at the end of the day, (laughs) I love how she jumps on my pregnant paws. Uh I love that. I do. At At the end of the day, if you're combining these two together, there's some distant correlations you could make between sneakers and... And quadruple bypasses, but they normally don't go in the same sentence at all. So for those people out there that just ball them together into the same budget line, ball them together into the same checkbox, ball them together into the same thing, that we're supposed to just check the box and get it done and that's it. What you're saying is you break that apart and then you separate your business from the pack. You separate your culture from the status quo. You have the ability to be the pinnacle and be exactly what you teach and preach.
1: Yes and no, I want to be really careful here because what I'm actually what I'm actually trying to prescribe and again, this is just my limited experience. I'm yes. sure there's actually really beautiful ways to to marry these two things, but what I'm actually d- prescribing is just absolutely understanding our strengths and what we bring to the table. And And when I meet somebody who is a true HR professional, I have so much respect for them. And I have such a different skill set than they have. And they have such a different skill set than I have. And I'm just trying to respect who you are in the organization. I am not the heartbeat of the organization. I am not. I never have been and I probably never will be if I'm just truly, really owning who I am and what I can provide for an organization. Um, And... I actually find that when i when I enumerate that for h r professionals they're actually really grateful because what i 'm actually doing is honoring what they bring to the table uh, and i'm not i 'm not advising that we separate i'm actually i'm actually advising that we Align. Our, yes, exactly. That we align more. That exactly. Calibrate. exactly. And respect the yes. different areas exactly more. Exactly, and and really just try and not make it some kind of power move because I look, feet ain't working with that about the heart. They they just aren't. Right. You are just never going to get blood down to that area unless they unless HR is just working their ass off. Really, yeah. right? And yeah. and. And frankly, uh, the the heart is just going to rest and not really do much at all unless the feet are moving, and and so they really do need to work in concert together. But I I find uh, in my experience that so often within organizations, and this is not unique to HR and L&D, this is this is not unique to any department. You can look at this as sales and marketing. You can look at I mean, take any different right. departments, and and so much of the time we spend so so much of our time trying to. Um, fight for resources, and and we're working um, against each other. And and actually, if we could just take a step back and recognize that we're we're actually all part of one body. And and the longer we spend um, fighting with each other, we're actually just kind of in this spasmatic, you know, uh, weird twerking move that uh, that is actually not serving anybody. Well,
2: the, ladies and gentlemen, many times on this program, I put out little little things. To see whether or not the person we're talking to is going to take us down one path or another, I love the fact that you realigned back to exactly what you were talking about. It didn't fall down the rabbit hole. There.
1: I just set it <laughs> you up to the sound it home. of the beach. I
2: set it up <laughs> you you want me to go,
1: go there?
0: This there go. is going to be the name of the show: "The Sound of the Beach." There it is. Oh my goodness! <laughs> no, but Jill, I love that because you know I've seen so many times where. Leaders just focus so much on quote unquote defeat, right? There's issues with the heart, issues with the head, but they focus so much on the feet, and then you end up having the feet running so far ahead, mm-hmm. nobody else can keep up. The feet or defeat? The feet. The <laughs> feet. Just There's say, the feet. Sure. Lord. Beach the feet. The feet. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> No, but you know, yeah. it, it's so it it really is all about that balance, but it's also knowing where to look. Yeah. It's also knowing being honest with yourself and having that hardcore conversation with those other business leaders because, you know, organizations can get so big, they get so siloed, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. They get siloed to the point that they don't communicate with everybody else. They don't communicate with anything else, right? Yes. So, how you doing? So, oh, we got a visitor. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it, that's why I love where you're going with this. So. For this event, for this HR conference tomorrow as a mm-hmm. keynote speaker, is that what you're going to be talking about?
1: Yeah, so, so the title of the speech is Don't Hold People Accountable, Develop Accountable People. And really what, mm. we're, what we're asking for is for just like the awareness of learning and development to say, I'm not HR. Right. So that actually takes me being accountable for what I can own and what my strengths are and, and all of the kind of self-awareness piece. But it also takes me being aware of others. Right. I've got to understand how I impact every other part of the body. And what I find is most people actually fall somewhere along this continuum of either extremely self-aware and very lacking in others' awareness or extremely others' aware and very lacking in self-awareness. And, mm. and what we're actually trying to do is is actually say, if you're a person and I'm a person, we actually matter the same. All right? I'm no better or no worse. We're actually on equal playing field. Because who am I to say that the feet are better than the heart or the heart's better than the brain or the, the right?
2: Oh, I know when. I know When. When. When the budget lines come out and you got to figure out <laughs> how you who you have to furlough or fire
1: absolutely I was and look say,
0: yeah <laughs> people sit in a cubicle other people see, but, uh, sit in a of course. but but if course. you
2: take what she's saying and apply that to that uh-huh. is still remaining cognizant of the fact that we are all the same right so as you have to as you have to discharge a function you still remain aware of yourself and the other individual through that process and bring compassion to the table.
1: Right. As long as you belong to an organization, as long as you belong to an organization, you are not a single entity. You're just not. And so that just means we need to understand how we work in concert with each other. And, and really the work of Arbinger is to say, how do we do that most effectively? And and one of the things I love the most about this work is we talk about how we uh, we fall into this area of self-deception, where we start actually thinking that my area is probably the most impactful and most uh, amazing yeah. and most all these things, right? Because, and, you know, it's easy to assign malintent to that, but sometimes it's just a lack of awareness. Think about it in this way. You probably right now, both of you, know... Uh, your disc profile, your MBTI, your Strengths Finder, your like, go through all the different. You probably know your your uh, sign, your you whatever. Like, is I there do. all that? Sure, yeah, I do. <laughs> You're yeah. just lacking self awareness, yeah. but that means you probably have high others awareness, JC. right? So, so look, you know, again, you could kind of plot us along this continuum. Uh, most people, but but what it's actually saying is 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 we fall into this area of self-deception where we start really thinking that my objectives are, are really paramount, right? Uh, I'm so aware, just even just by awareness alone, I know what my objectives are. I don't necessarily know what other people's objectives are, but I know what mine are. I know what I got hired to do. And so I simply turn people into objects as a result of understanding what my objectives are because people are just an extension of what it is I'm trying to get done. So I have my objectives, and you as a result are an extension of that. And so I turn you into an object. You're no longer a person to me. And that sounds really harsh. <laughs> <It> does. right? does. <laughs> but, yeah. but most of us actually do it at a very yeah. unconscious we level. Do. We do. And so what Arbinger teaches is that we actually teach, we, we turn people into different types of objects. I'll turn people into vehicles that I can use, right? And think about it. How, do you love your vehicle if it gets you from point A to point B especially if it makes you look good if you, you get take it, right? care of it exactly and you take care of it and you, you it, changes, and, you wash things, it. Yeah, right? Right? and that's just like how we work with others right yeah. so often we're actually treating them like vehicles that we can use in order for me to achieve me to achieve my objectives right and uh, if I'm not treating people as vehicles that I can use, then maybe I'm treating them as obstacles in my way. Because if not for me, you're against me, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're in my way, I really am restricted in my, in, my, uh, in my options. I can either try and go over you, I can try and work around you, or I can try and remove you. So I turn people either into vehicles that I can use, uh, obstacles that I can blame, or I treat them in as uh, irrelevancies, because you're not really in my way, and you don't really benefit me, and so you just don't even really matter. Wait, say that again. Vehicles
0: yeah. you can use, Yes. or obstacles you can blame. Mm-hmm. What's or that last one?
1: Irrelevancies I can ignore.
0: Irrelevancies you can ignore. Yeah,
1: because they're in a different department. Uh, they live, they're live. they my neighbor, but like, who the hell really cares, because it's not like they're in my space. Dude, right? that, that's a business every day. Every day.
2: Every that single
1: is, day. That is life. But that it doesn't, is human.
2: It doesn't have to be. It doesn't. Know, correct.
1: Yeah, exactly. But, but, but you just describe
0: everything. Yes. Every business in this world right now at one point or another, right? Yes. Because some of them do better than others yes. in making sure that you do have that harmony, right? Yes. But others don't even know how to spell harmony, let yes. alone exercising it. Right? Yes. But, I mean, it, it's, it's – look, Joe, it sounds awesome, and yeah. I cannot wait to see this tomorrow. But I still come back to the question – when people see you and you talk about this, right? Yeah. they get excited. They're like, holy shit, this is awesome. Yeah. They get back to work and the boss yeah. says, that's great. We're not doing that here. Yeah. How do you curb that? How do you, how do you get them to go back to their office and say, we have to do this here?
2: Uh, hang on. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. I, 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 I'm tracking your question. I'm with you on the question. Uh-huh. I want to keep that question on the table. I don't want to lose sight of the question. Very great question. Biggest question. <laughs> end of the day, though, the people wouldn't be attending the session to hear the stuff that's being said if they didn't are also partially subscribe to the theory and thought process behind why they're there in attendance to hear a speech of that nature. Though. right? What? Like if the organization,
1: if the, organiza-
2: if the organization didn't want to head down the path of what they're offering the person wouldn't be there, anyways.
1: I don't know about that. Well, look, look, I can just tell you this. Yeah. I can tell you this from my own experience, and, and I think most people are this way. You know when you're being objectified, right? You know when you're yeah. being used. Yeah. Right you know now, when you're being seen as an obstacle. The way Ricky looks at me. <laughs> the way he looks at you. Yeah, he's
2: like, so Do you sweet. hear the beach <laughs> ball? <behind> oh, my <laughs>
1: God. <laughs> No, 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 look. Maybe I went down the wrong path. Let me let me steer us in a different direction. Too late, I, right? yeah, no, we've I know we've mentioned it like twenty times already. Um, look, I mean, I know this sounds, I know this sounds cheesy. Let me say it this way: if if somebody's been seeing you a certain way for an extended period of time, imagine I have had a lot of practice treating people as objects. Really, my entire life. I mean, really. I have been taught my entire life how to see people as objects. And so it's going to probably take a minute for me to not see them that way. And when I do, it's immediately evident. And, And it calls forth in other people to do the exact same thing and be the exact same way. But if they're suspicious of me, they have every right to be. Because I've spent X number of years practicing the other way right I've spent x number of years treating them as objects so they have no reason to believe me and I don't I don't no, it- no,
0: no. I'm not saying they don't believe you Joe I'm not saying that you know people will get excited they'll get pumped up because mm-hmm. look we had dinner the reason we have this show right now is because we started talking about this at dinner yeah and you you had us
2: Let me tell you, you had everybody's attention. But just to be clear, I think she's talking the proverbial you, the proverbial me, rather than her herself. No, no,
0: no, no, no. I get that. I get that. But I guess what I'm saying is that it's what what you're saying is compelling. And what you're saying is that people need to take a look at themselves and have a really good conversation with themselves to say, I am the issue. This is what I need to do. Mm -hmm. But then when they go back to the office... Right? And they're trying to convince their bosses to say, this is how we need to think. This is how we need to look at these mm-hmm. objective issues. Right. These issues objectively. Yeah. right? And then the boss says, we're not doing that here. I'll right. send you to the training. I'm glad you have fun. I'm glad you're educated in some aspect of L and D and HR. Mm-hmm. But it's not happening here.
1: Well, think about it this way. If I'm actually trying to convince the boss, am I seeing them as a person or as an object? <laughs>
0: You'll see them as an object if you want them to do something for you. But if you see them as a person, that's
1: when you're trying to convince them, right? I actually don't have to convince them if I see them as a person. I just have to be the person. I just have to be the person. And actually what it calls forth in people is to be the exact same way. Because what they actually find is that they start to come into this awareness of how, how they might actually be out of alignment. Right? When I see you as a person, I... I really don't have the end goal in mind, I need you to do X, Y, and Z, because then I'm probably seeing you as a vehicle. So if I'm trying to convince you, what I'm probably doing is is objectifying you at some level. And that's that's actually really tough, because then you think like, well, how do I influence people yeah, and all yeah. these things, right? I get that. I totally get that. But if I'm actually just honoring the sense that I have and how to be helpful to others, which is innately human, and, and that is an art. Human, right, I get that, that and, and we can, we can. That's a rabbit trail I'd yeah. like to avoid <laughs> at you, this I moment. Right, tonight, but right, not tonight. But, but at least in my personal belief, and I don't know if this would, uh, I don't think this would be too far out of the realm of what Arbinger might say as well. Uh, that it's innately human for us to have this sense about other humans, um, with the needs that they have, and uh, and the help that we might be able to offer. And we have this kind of sense in response to others when we see them as people. And and so I don't actually have to convince you. Now, I might convince you, uh, but that might just be a byproduct of the way that I actually am. Mm. Like, it, it might actually be occurring right now. I don't actually have to. I don't actually have to sell you on Arbitrage. I don't, uh, in fact, I, I don't really care if you buy it or don't buy it or join or don't join or whatever. But that's actually what makes it compelling is because it, it's just me trying to live the thing. And the reason you paid attention at dinner and the reason you're paying attention now and the reason people listen to me as a speaker is because I'm actually trying to be the person that I'm, that I'm trying to teach others about. And that person is a person that tries really, really hard and fails often, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's also human. That's also deeply human. Um, but it's, it's trying to constantly come into alignment uh, of a person that tries to see people as people.
2: I want to I wanna draw a clear distinction between two things here real quick. Kay. Two things that are working in tandem in a, in a very magical way just like the sound of the beach. <laughs> you've got... It's so funny. Just, just, you've got you yeah. as you. As mm-hmm. you right now. You. Mm-hmm. And then we've got this mythical word, Arbinger. Arbinger. <laughs> <Yeah>. Now, Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. Arbinger, or, or whoever it is, mm. like, who the heck are they? Because yeah. you're part of they, yeah. but you are you. So yeah. where's that line of distinction between what? you and this entity yes. that you continue to refer to? God, the beach.
1: That's such a great question. That's such a great question, because, because really, like, think about it in terms of, like, values. Like, think about the value of courage. How does courage exist outside of humans? We might, like, kind of... Oh,
2: I know how. Uh, with Arbinger.
1: No, sure. No. <laughs> right? <laughs> Did
2: I use the word the right way? Uh, sure,
1: <laughs> sure, sure. Okay. So, so, um, so I get that um, at some level... I am like a a more concrete or physical embodiment of, of what I hope is the ideals of what Arbinger is. Of course. I'm trying actually to live up to that all of the time. I think I think most people who are anywhere around the material are, are is actually trying to do that. Um, but I am I am certainly a deeply flawed human, so don't I might be as self-deceived as anybody. In fact, I might be really, really good at self-deception because I've been teaching it for so long, <laughs> right? <laughs> I might actually be extremely yeah. self-deceived. So mm-hmm. I, I, I hold that as a as a, um, a truism as much as anything else. Um, but uh, I am a version of Arbinger, sure. I, and I think any, any person can be so long as we, we start to understand the principles that keep us from actually seeing people as people um i heard this really great analogy once that um i i'm gonna probably butcher this so just just bear with me so anybody somebody's listening to this right now and it's just like wow that was a real that was a real version of what that that's meant to be but it, it was essentially that michelangelo uh he he's the one that made david right am i am i wrong michelangelo Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So he said and Leonardo and Shredder. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I used but to have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> those turtles. I got it. One of the turtles made David. Yeah. And what he said was that that he actually um, he felt like he was he was drawing him forth out of out of the stone that he actually existed in the stone and his job was to chip away until he found him. And what I actually think Arbinger does is it tries to chip away at all the things until we actually the real heart, the real essence, I don't think that they would necessarily say this. And, and you'll see that I'm actually already starting to draw a little bit of a distinction between the in, the Institute and myself, because I, I just don't want to ever um, misrepresent. But I really believe the heart of Arbinger is heart, and, and I believe it is love. And, and in that sense, I'm trying to say uh, David, right, was this entity in the middle of this stone, and the work is to chip away until you find it. And and that's actually what self-deception is trying to do. It's trying to help you identify all the ways that we keep ourselves from experiencing and being love and, and giving that to people. The, the essence of love is connection, right? And, and we draw all these distinctions that keep us from being connected, uh, whether it's to other people or other entities or other parts of the organization or all these different things, and most of the time we're doing that as a means of like self-protection or, or whatever it might be, right? But but ultimately, what it does is actually keep us from the very thing we're seeking, which is which is to be and experience love, to give it and to receive it. And and I think that's the heart of what this this work is trying to do. Uh, now, there's flaws in it, absolutely, and it's and it's always presented by. You know, unfortunately, people like myself who also come with tons of flaws and biases and all these things that that get in the way. And England, right? <laughs> I mean, what the hell? Bloody hell, right? <laughs> I mean, but, but Ricky, look, uh, the beach there's
2: water in it.
1: There's it's, water in it. Hey, this is so offensive to somebody right now. I'm just absolutely yeah. is. <laughs> but that
2: that that's courtesy of like the kid shows I've had to that's watch over the years. You, you know, know what, I
1: mean? uh, what I found was um, sorry about that. One of the coolest things with Arbiter was that, um, I'll I'll tell you this story. When I very first started with them, this was almost exactly three years ago, they they asked me, hey, so are there any groups that you would, Maybe feel uncomfortable facilitating with any group that you would self-select out of, and I was like, yeah, probably women's groups, because at that point I really hadn't worked much with women, and I was really uncomfortable, and I always kind of felt myself like trying to prove myself to women, like I'm one of you, and like I, you know, I just always kind of felt I just felt uncomfortable, and part of that was because I hadn't yet learned how to understand or, or own my my femininity, and uh, and that's where I was at the journey at the time. So I tell Arminger this my first three events back to back were all women's groups. And it was like, you're going to get over that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was so perfect for me because what I actually discovered was all the things I, I was self selecting out of was exactly what I needed, right? This was exactly the healing and the experience that I needed for me to, to be where I'd like to say I am today, which is, is completely owning that wow. part of my body and myself and my identity and all those mm-hmm. things. And, and that was me, in some ways, um, the barrier between uh, the stone and and David in the middle of it, right? And, and that's not to say I'm some masterpiece in the middle. I'm just like this really weird, wonky stone that's still well, kind of missing. You're still but chiseling, you're exactly still chiseling it, yeah. and and all of us are, right? Yeah. Like yeah, we're all different. Yeah. We're, Do you, you ever stop? I don't know. I don't know if a work is ever ever complete. It, it,
0: it, look, dude. It, it's I am. So you I just called her dope. No, yeah, it's just I'm I'm am t- I'm, it's, it's everybody out there. Okay, okay, good Lord, I'm with it. <laughs> Thank you. No, look, I good am on. I'm just Dude. excited for tomorrow. I really am excited for tomorrow because I don't think I've ever seen a presentation being delivered in an HR conference like that. All right, that really focuses like that. So I'm really excited for this.
2: Three, she said three, and and she named the one of the top three. If they came to her. What are the organizations, the weaknesses, right? Oh, well, what, who wouldn't you want to present in front of you? And you said women's groups. What about you? Um, if I, you were in her shoes and they said that question to you, what would you say?
0: I am such a fiend to be in front of a group and actually do my thing that I really, it really doesn't matter to me where I go. That's why. When so you, there's
2: no group that you would shy away from. No, not group, really, no. like from a self awareness perspective, you're. I I know you. I've yeah. known you for many years. Yeah. I know that you're very comfortable with everybody and with many things. But if you had to pick one as a weakness, we all have one. Joe, am I wrong?
0: I, I don't think we have one, to be honest. I've presented in front of unions. I've presented in front of uh, many different groups, and I've never had an issue. Never had an issue, never shied away from it. If I was to shy away from one, it's not because of the group. It's maybe because I'm not comfortable with the content myself. So that's not the group. That's more me than anything else. Well,
1: I'll, I'll draw a distinction here. Uh-huh. uh because i can tell you there was a there was about the first half of my career i will say pre arbinger and post arbinger <laughs> okay, okay? <laughs> pre arbinger i was a person that could feel comfortable in front of most groups under the circumstances that i had enough time to prep yep. and feel fr- and feel strong and And the reason I got that stage, this is what I was told at the very beginning of my career. I was like 20 years old, and I remember speaking to a, quote, unquote, master facilitator. Mm. And I was like, how do I get the credibility to stand in front of this group and do this presentation? And he said, because you know that material better than anybody else, right? And I was like, yeah, baby. And so (laughs) I, I put that on as armor, and I walked around the world with that thing. And that armor looked like multiple degrees. It looked like every certification on the sun. It looked like it enshrouding my entire identity with, quote-unquote, intelligence. Because I wanted to walk into any room and feel powerful and like yeah. I knew things. And you know what it did? It actually separated me from every single person I was around. There you go. Because I used it as the armor that kept me from other people. Yeah. And what I discovered through the process yeah. of Arbinger is you can't actually know this stuff, right? Nothing. That's why I'm even speaking to you right now. Because I couldn't go up into my room and just practice the hell out of this thing. In fact, all it would do is dehumanize every person in that that room and dehumanize me in the process. Because what I'd be trying to do is actually look like this really cool object. And I'd be objectifying everybody else because they'd just be reflections of my ego, right? I need you to show me that I'm a good presenter. But if I'm going to be with every person in that room, what I've actually got to do is shed the entire armor. And what I've actually gotta say is I'm human, you're human, We're on the exact Just be same vulnerable. level. Exactly. Yeah, be be comfortable
0: and being vulnerable.
1: And so what yeah. I discovered is all of these different groups that I was it was like, what do you have to do to be able to be comfortable and be real with this group? And I found it was the same thing every single time. Every single time it was the same thing. And I've taught this material in Uh, Abu Dhabi, in India, in uh, every part of the United States, with every demographic you can possibly think of. And I've learned uh, that the essence of this material is to just love every person in that room. And I have to, I have to fight the demons that keep me from being able to love those people. And sometimes it's bias. Sometimes it's past experience. Sometimes it's trauma. Sometimes it's all those things. And that's not them. That's You said me.
2: You just said sometimes it's bias. Here we go. Are you ready? It's Ricky bias.
1: (laughs) Hey there. (laughs) Hey there, baby. What's up?
2: Can you hear the beach behind
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, you love everybody in that room? Yeah. And sometimes it's so easy. Oh, my God. Sometimes it's so easy. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I walk in a room, I'm like, everybody's my best friend. I love these people, right? (laughs) Like, think about it tomorrow. All these people are L&D professionals. How easy is that? I mean, really, when you really think about it, like, most of these people have some level of, like, shared experience that makes it not that difficult. But when you think about, like, try and think of the most opposite people to your existence. Or even think of, like, a foreign country where they do not get your humor. They don't get the way that you dress. They don't find you attractive. They don't think you're cool. Right? Mm. There's, you own nothing.
2: Um, That's... Right, that's, My that's, that's your everyday. Okay, yeah. I get that, so, sure. So, right. so you're
1: working from Expert where you're starting, right? Start, right? <laughs> oh. But imagine, right? And, and what you've got to discover is that's all you that you're bringing into the space. And the only way, the only way I've ever discovered how to love people is to forget myself and get involved in them. As wow. soon as I find their name, as soon as I find out who they are, what they're doing, what they're thinking, right? Everything. As soon as I forget myself and get involved in who they are, then, God, it's easy to love them. So easy.
0: I forgive you, JC. I forgive you for this whole beach thing. I forgive you for this whole bias thing. I forgive you, bro. Thank
1: you. <laughs> You're welcome. You. It's actually my job. It's just to bring the two See, of you together. You brought us together. Facial. You brought us together. So there easy. You go.
0: <laughs> so look, um, we, we, we've we had you here for almost an hour, right? And I, got,
2: well, I, I got one last thing.
0: She got some work to do now. I got man. one last thing. All right,
2: all right. People that are listening to this right now will not have the opportunity to see you mm. speak for Arbinger tomorrow. And you've just laid out a lot. You've laid out a lot of amazing, very deep, very strong things. Thank you. Where could they find you moving forward?
1: I, I mean, this is not going to be a Do you want to be answer. found? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll tell you two things. First, I have spent... Years now uh, steeped in this material, and I will probably spend the rest of my life steeped in this material. Even though I won't necessarily represent Arbinger, and my my honest to God advice is: don't cling to me; cling to the material and and go, go to Arbinger read Leadership and Self-Deception get involved in Outward Mindset the, the training and the program, the online all of it, it's not about me, it's about these ideas and this is just my version of trying to live it, but you're going to find somebody that you resonate with, whether it's you know, another facilitator with Arbinger or another speaker with Arbinger or one of the, one of the um, you know, managing partners or whoever it is. But there are so many people who are trying to live and be this way and you'll find somebody because you're meant to, you're meant to find your Sherpa and that's, that's what life is about. And you're going to find that person and, and, and go follow them. And if that happens to me, me, that's, that's cool. Uh, it's awkward. I'm, I'm pretty a weird person to try and follow. If you saw me in person, you would see that I'm like five feet tall and a hundred. <laughs> pounds if i'm wet and like it's real it's a weird word person to follow up the mountain but happy to do it um if you want to follow me uh <laughs> you can i i'm i'm taking a position with um people peace which is a a small again learning and development uh, training consulting firm and and you can find me there you can find i'm on all the socials and all that stuff but but honest to god uh uh, this is this is worthwhile material. It was very life changing for me, and and I'm yes, I'm moving to another spot and another position, and I'm trying to um to to expand and do some the next level of things for me. But I don't think I could have done those things without having started here. Yes, this right. is a this mm. is such a foundational piece for me to recognize my own bullshit. I just I just couldn't because think about it in terms of like um. Here's a quick analogy. I'll, I'll 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 say this at the end. So I have this old uh, I have this old guitar. It's an old Ovation. Do you know what an Ovation is? Yes. Yeah. So it's an electric acoustic, right? And uh, and I love this guitar. I, I got it when I was like, beautiful F holes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got, got it that in
2: golden color, or no? And it's
1: fabulous, and it's got this kind of rounded back, and and I uh, I got it in junior high, right? Like I, I mean, I just identify with this guitar, and at some point, at some point, like the. The electric parts, the electric attachment on the inside started to like fray, and it started to kind of come out a bit. Um, but I'd still play the thing; like it was just you know yeah. whatever. Like I don't care. Right. And uh, and you know over time it starts to kind of warp, and and eventually I could no longer play it as an acoustic, but I could play it. Or I mean, I couldn't play it as an electric, but I could play it as an acoustic. And uh, and if I was an amazing guitarist, it probably would have sounded great. I'm a mediocre guitarist at best. And uh, and really, this inside part was supposed to be attached really I was just kind of dragging it around with me and I had so much affinity for this thing that I just I didn't care to like take it in and get it fixed and there's all this stuff right um and 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 in a lot of ways <laughs> I kind of think of myself as that kind of old beat up crazy guitar right that like uh, at my finest I am a person that cares and attunes um to the best vibration that i can offer and and mm. what that means is trying to align myself what it means is trying to to do all the things so that i can have the like most pure and and beautiful sound that i can possibly possibly have. And that is a lot of work. That means taking it into the right places. That means seeking out the right, you know, musical doctors or whatever, you know, whatever you want to do here, but fixing the, uh, the, the pieces to be able to make it so it can do electric and acoustic. It means all those things. That's a lot of work. And, and frankly, that's actually what Harbinger is, right? The the heart of Harbinger is actually this idea of Harbinger. It's a, a, the drawing of the heart, and and what it's meant to do is kind of it's this reckoning, and and it's asking people to get into alignment. That's what the entire thing is to, to drop justification, which which is essentially the, the the any of the things that we use to try and kind of fake alignment, right? Uh, and that's these, all these things that would indicate that we're, we're seeking justification We're seeking to justify, right? Try and fake kind of a line. Because we can feel the difference. You can feel the difference between when you're actually aligned and, and when you're kind of faking alignment. And, and it's the same with my guitar. I can tell you the difference in sound between I'm kind of faking it and, and the actual electric part is kind of dragging around with it. And there's all this crap on the inside versus when it's just perfectly tuned right and and what this work is trying to um, invite people to do is is to do that work because you love yourself that much and because you love others that much you love others enough to do that work uh, because there's not a person who doesn't benefit from it there's just not every time you come closer into alignment and it is a constant work there's no like i haven't met a person that's just like enlightened that's cool um i would love to be that person or maybe i have and i've just been too dumb to to notice it's (laughs) nice to meet you (laughs) yeah i appreciate that i appreciate that (laughs) i've duped you all including myself but i uh but i i think it's just that it's just it's just constant work and i i am so appreciative to this work that's helped me get to this stage and and at this point, I'm, I'm at whatever alignment um, that it's now time for me to start helping other people I, up the mountain.
2: Also. I appreciate the fact that prior to you answering my previous question, you gently broke up with us before you did <laughs> So for anyone suffering in their own personal relationships, that's that's how you break up with someone right now. That's
1: this is the best thing for you. <laughs> this is the best thing for you, right?
0: You know, I, I can definitely see you as somebody that somebody would hire to help them break up with somebody. Mm. Right? I can see that as as a niche type of a business True. where you could do that in a way that they don't know they've been broken up until what, a week later? Yeah, It's and not,
2: <laughs> that's not her niche. No. It's not her niche. That's her
0: niche. Yeah, it is. It's yeah, not it is. her niche. Okay. No, is it niche or niche? Niche.
1: Uh, niche. I'm not, I'm not facilitating that. You're not that. doing <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you guys. 300 episodes later, <laughs> <laughs> we still can't get an answer. <laughs> we can't yeah. get an answer. We can't. No, get I'm not taking smart smart. that. I'm not <laughs> taking that bait. <laughs>
0: oh, awesome. Well, look, um, Thank you very much for your time. I know you have a lot to do because you still got to put the uh, finishing touches on the big presentation tomorrow. Again, the name of... Uh, I don't
2: think she does.
0: No, what? I, I don't think you do. I think it's set to go. I mean,
2: this this show is equ- equal to the... No, but no, wait a minute. But she said it the earlier. The topic's different. It's a different topic. Okay. She's already got that. You got this. You got this. Um, you I'm know, looking forward to it.
1: I appreciate that. I really do appreciate that. I think um, here's the truth about anything with Arbinger. Um, it really calls you to try to be this person and own the areas where you're not that person. Mm. And so, I can't prepare in one night to be that person, right? I've actually been preparing my entire life to be the person that speaks tomorrow. Uh, But the message itself, I owe everybody in that room to to edit and hone to where it's not about me. Mm. And that's actually the trickiest thing, is this is my last speech with Arbinger, and so much of me wants to make it about me and and wants to, you know, own that stage and, and have people follow me and it's about my journey through this material and all those things. But if I if I'm honest, the very best thing I can do, the very best thing I can do, is is help people align to the message and the material, and not and not to me at all. Uh, and, sure. and when the
2: show is published, go ahead get the link sent forward. Uh, yep. iHeartRadio, Radio, Apple Podcasts, <laughs> Google right. Play, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, you name the platform. We're out there. This will be a living embodiment of. Uh, of the things that you will not be mentioning tomorrow or maybe can't mention because it doesn't align with the topic at hand, but my gosh. thank
1: You You right? brought
2: a lot to the table today. Yes, you did. Thank you. definitely did. I'm excited.
1: Thank you for having the table for me to bring it to. You. Mm-hmm. I, Can we do it I, again? I really think that's Can we amazing. do it again? Uh, sure. <laughs> I mean,
2: I don't mean tomorrow,
1: but, sure.
2: like, you know.
1: <laughs> a little tight schedule tomorrow, but... Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah,
2: another time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, look, let me make a quick plug for, for People Peace. I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be moving there if I didn't think they were perfectly aligned with what the they? message. What are they? Yeah. What do they do? So it's a small, it's a small firm, and, uh, and they do learning and development. They, they help teams and organizations through a whole bunch of things. You know, everything from customized L&D solutions to uh, management and a, a leadership trainings. I mean, everything, everything you can think of, but really the heart and soul of it is that we believe in people. Mm. And, and we believe in people-centered organizations, and I think it's actually in perfect alignment with everything I've, I've been working with and, and teaching with with Arbinger. So it's really just time for me to get to the next level of um, uh, practitioner, mm. and, and that's really how I see it, is, is trying to absolutely live and embody all the things that I've been teaching for the last few years. So.
0: Oh no I'm good jc i'm at that i am i am uh, um, I'm just really excited. I know I said that a bunch of times already, but again, this is the first time where I have seen something like this, something this deep in there, i say personal right because you because it is a, a you're reaching out and you're trying to touch them individually um, in a way that it resonates with them right so I think that's something that's very necessary, especially in this i don't want to call it post pandemic era but it's in this in in, in this pandemic where the human aspect of human resources is more important now than ever before and it will be more important later on as we continue on so thank you for doing this
2: pre-pandemic the deep question was over to the CEO of HRCI uh, what they like to eat on the weekend and (laughs) mac and cheese was good post-pandemic we're we're into our own personal existential crisis
0: after a brief discussion
2: with this uh, fine professional from Austin
0: oh dude yeah man so but yeah, so knock them dead tomorrow. Thank you. Definitely knock him dead. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you. All right. Bye.
2: On behalf of Ricky Baez, the entire HR Talk podcast team and crew behind the scenes, thank you very much for your time today. Drive safe. Have a good night.